Hi, everyone. So it's been about seven months since we did our last podcast on here. And just so many things happening. And we'll get into that for another time. But thank you so much for your support. And everything that I do, uh, all the crazy journeys that I'm on, but I promise there's a method to my madness. So I am back. We are back today. And it's for a very special topic with a very special guest. Um, You know that I don't really dig into things unless I truly believe in them. And if, unless the uh, the guest has a passion for it. Like we really need to be on track with that. Right. So that's, that's why I do what I do and our story matters. And I have, I give this platform, the safe space to use your voice, to share those, uh, those, those hard topics, those hard conversations that we don't have enough of to get behind the scenes of what's really going on in the world, whether it's for ourselves or for something that we really believe in. And so here we go. We, uh, I forgot what episode this is 143, I believe. Oh my gosh, three years later. And it's, it's been great. And I'm glad that we're back today with Jazz Cannon. She is a, uh, a co-founder of the legend group and she'll get into that, but she's also an Afghanistan humanitarian evacuation uh, part of the part of the Ava- Afghanistan humanitarian evacuation group that saves trapped Americans, Afghan allies, Christians, and other minorities from the Taliban. Right there, what are you thinking? Seriously, it, it's it's that's enough right there. That's all I need to hear because she really is just trying to restore America's honor in Afghanistan. And for those of us who have deployed there, I know we have mixed feelings about it. I, um, I won't get into mine really, but, um, I think it's important that we have this conversation because there are things that we don't see. There are things that the news doesn't always report. There are things that people have lived through that we don't hear about. So we're going to hear about it today. So I'm going to bring in Jazz. Hi, Jazz. Hi, Annette. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm so good. Thank you so much for being on here and for reaching out to share this this important topic that we don't, we don't have thank you so of. much for having me uh, yes. it's a pleasure thank you and i love the name of your show a wild ride called <laughs> and you know what we're gonna unveil the truth no more hiding right yes <laughs> that's exactly what we need to do i was just trying to read as i was tongue twisting all the words the the mission of legend group I, I, I mean, it's just right there. Afghanistan humanitarian evacuation group that saves trapped Americans. And it just that right there is just so heartfelt. Like, I, I don't even know where to begin. So tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into how you came up with the legend group. Yes. Thank you very much uh, again for having me. Um, I am an Afghan 
born in Kabul, but also an Afghan-American, very proud American. I received my citizenship just last year. And, uh, and I was super excited, immediately applied for my passport, and I was flaunting it on my TikTok. <laughs> I was that proud and uh, just very grateful for that. Um, uh, I immigrated from Afghanistan back in the uh, uh, 90s when the first train of the Taliban took over. Um, so uh, my dad, his involvement with the government uh, put him on on the hit list and so all of his family. And so we had no choice but to escape Afghanistan and uh, go to the neighboring country, which was Pakistan uh, is. And um, we thought that we we're going to be there for a couple of weeks. And my dad with uh, my siblings, mom, um, thought that we were going to go and apply for political asylum at the uh, US embassy and we will be flying to the United States. Um, it sounded good. <laughs> you know, that was a good thought process or action that we had to take. Um, but uh, once we arrived, once we escaped the war zone, um, we did go to the U.S. Embassy. We waited all day um, and uh, the U.S. Embassy didn't even allow us to walk inside or even uh, even give my dad the opportunity for him to explain his situation. Um and uh, it's, it was a battle since then. We tried to uh, go to the United Nations to apply for, uh, for, for some uh, humanitarian um, uh, parole and also to get some form of a permanent residency in any country for that matter. We just needed to, we just couldn't be in Pakistan. First of all, the language, we didn't know the language. We didn't have any status. Pakistan was not welcoming of the refugees or immigrants. Um, we were living in a very difficult and desperate situation. We had to uh, support ourselves with our, our savings. Um, um, we are, Myself and my siblings, we couldn't go to school. So my dad decided he was going to help homeschool us in the meantime. But we thought what was going to take two weeks, um, it took a decade to leave Pakistan. And uh, it was a struggle ever. Every day, uh, we um, the the apartments uh, that we lived in um, didn't have water, proper water uh, system. Um, uh, electricity was another issue. Uh, it was hot. It's like you're talking about Florida weather, but think about no air conditioning, and you're living on the fourth, fifth floor of uh, of a flat, or what they call a flat there. That's it's an apartment, and um, um, it wasn't easy. Life was very difficult, uh, but we pulled through. You know, we always say that amongst every adversity, there is an opportunity. And so we were waiting for an opportunity. But after a decade, we were able to, to leave and, uh, and um, uh, uh, resettle in the West. And uh, that is very much a short, a brief 10-year <laughs> abbreviation um, of my life story. But um, uh, this is... When we say that history repeats itself, now the new reign of the Taliban taking over, um, I know exactly how the Afghan people are struggling and suffering. And um, 
but in any case, uh, when uh, I went to school in the West and I decided to join uh, a nonprofit organization where we helped resettle refugees and immigrants. And so um, I became a, a resettlement counselor. Uh, and then uh, later on, after the um, invasion of Afghanistan um, last year, I decided to join and become a part of the legend group. And here I am. That's just amazing. I, I know that there's a lot of us that take uh, being American citizens for granted in everything that we have here. It's just like we were, we're just used to it. This is just the way it is. But then we hear from people like you who was like, I've waited 10 years to do this, to come here, you yeah. know, and, and, and now you're, you're making a difference. You're not looking back and being disgruntled about it you're like okay what can i do next and that's such a that's such a beautiful thing it's a powerful thing that i think we need to continue to just relay that to other people and make them appreciate the things that we have so Absolutely. you are i i just i'm still in awe about everything so you are the co-founder of legend group and you help all these refugees now how is that i it can't be easy. It's heartbreaking at times, right? I mean, how how do you get through that? My phone is blowing every day with text messages, people that I don't even know, and that they text me somehow they got my phone from somebody so-and-so-and-so. Um, my email um, is, is filled with requests, please help me, women, uh, in particularly women. Um, who are struggling because they worked for the uh, in the government. They were they were actresses. They were uh, journalists. They were um, I mean they they are at risk in the women that are um, really struggling. And so it is extremely difficult for me. Just two nights ago, I was talking to two uh, very vibrant, bright women um, um, who are right now in Pakistan, and they're saying that you know they're living in a tent. And they don't have, um, they don't even have the financials to um, support or, or how are they going to provide meal for next month? And my heart breaks. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what else, what else I can do beyond my ability of what I can do. So it is very difficult. I can't imagine because I know I feel so deeply. So when someone's struggling, I struggle with them and it keeps me up at night and I take it so personally because I want to help so much. How do you decompress from that? How do you, I don't, how do you walk away and, and just and think I've done everything that I could? How, I, I don't know how to do that. Well, I don't normally share this, but uh, just because you asked me this question, uh, I'm a little bit of an empath too. So it really doesn't help. I know not many people, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I connect with them in a very, in a very emotional level that uh, decompressing is out of the question. Like um, I can take sleeping pills. I can walk it off. I can go hiking. I can like, I just need to get myself out of that environment before I get back in. Um, but it's, it's, it's not easy. However, um, 
it has become a reality and I just have to accept it and know that this is my call, this is my mission. And um, if I'm in it, I'm also Christian. <laughs> so I do believe that when God's call is in your life and he has assigned you that this is that you need to be doing for the rest of your life, then I really believe that he's going to give me the strength to do it. And every day I receive my strength from God. And um, and and all the, the our wonderful volunteers who have joined us uh, at Legend Group, um, I I feel that that God's hand is upon them as well. That's why we are we're very committed and passionate about what we're doing, saving lives. I believe that so much. I thank you for saying that you receive your strength through God. It's very difficult at times to to believe in that right when something goes wrong and something doesn't go your way it's so hard to think that god has his hand in it and that there is a reason for for everything it, that's so hard to to believe but i i believe it too and, and so i i appreciate you you speaking on that it's such an important thing that i think a lot of us need to really dig into um so you are the co-founder and you, the other person is, is call him legend. Um, yes. How did, how did you meet him and what does he do exactly? Well, his name is legend because it's a, it's a co uh, it was like a call sign right. that was given to him. And that's because, um, well, first of all, he's an Afghan American, um, uh, but a former U S army staff sergeant and uh, he's he's working tirelessly to evacuate uh, at-risk Afghans from you know the persecution of the Taliban. So um, since the fall of Kabul um, in Afghanistan, uh, Kabul in, in August uh, back in 2021, um, the last American soldier left Afghanistan. He was the one who went back in, and um, he went there to save um, his own family members. But then he ended up um, assisting and rescuing hundreds of at-risk Afghans, um, including U.S. citizens, uh, U.S. lawful permanent residents, Christians, and other minorities, as well as our vetted Afghan allies. Um, and so that became uh, his mission, and, um, and, and that's how he started the Legend Group operation. And uh, a few months later, um, I discovered him uh, through a politician, in fact, and, uh, and we joined forces. That's amazing. God bless him for continuing that fight. I know that's not easy at all. Yeah. Um, so what is the current state of affairs from your point of view in, in Afghanistan? Uh, well, the uh, the state of affairs inside Afghanistan is, Annette, it's... Oh, it seems like we had a little interruption with connectivity, so we will wait for her to come back in. So in the meantime, I will show some comments. Thank you, Tommy M143.
for being on here. Thank you. Oh, yes, she is. Let's see here. Okay, we're just waiting for her to come back in. But I'd love to know your thoughts about this topic. I know it can be controversial. So let's try to keep it. Okay, hold on. She's back in. There she is. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Rhonda, I'm not sure how what, what happens. Like, wait a minute. Am I might talk to myself. <laughs> Well, I was just showing some comments here we have from people that came in. Okay. Uh, let's see. Bradford Parks, Jazz and Legend, Light of the World, <laughs> Eris Jamil, oh, Spectacular. Fun. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. I love my supporters. <laughs> All right. So where did we leave off? Your um, point of view. Yeah, point of view in Afghanistan. Yes. <laughs> Well, I wanted to tell you, Annette, that um, the state of affairs inside Afghanistan, it's, it's, it's horrifying for our allies. You know, our interpreters, journalists, advocates, um, religious minorities, and former Afghan military partners are in dire need of support um, as they are hiding from the Taliban who's searching for them. They're targeting them and killing them. Now, last year, the Afghan people enjoyed the rights to freedom of speech, uh, religion, and the ability to choose their leader. Today, all of those have been, you know, it's been stashed away from them. The Afghan people live in despair, in fear, um, unable to speak, unable to get justice. They don't want the Taliban who forcefully invaded the uh, capital, Kabul and immediately took away the Islamic and human rights of the Afghan people and um, subjected them to atrocities, which this new generation of Afghans had not witnessed in the past 20 years. Um, so the state of affairs in Afghanistan is inhumane and it requires the immediate intervention of the world's sole superpower which you and I both know is the United States and the UN Security Council. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear that. I, I wish we could do more. I, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, <laughs> I, I feel speechless because it's, it's such a difficult topic and, and to know that there are so many things that we don't see. So yeah. what, what can you tell us that, is also, I mean, you explained a little bit, but what else is going on over there that we're not seeing? Well, uh, uh, first of all, the American people are veterans whom I absolutely love. And all the friends of Afghans need to know is that what the mainstream media shows them on TV from certain sections of Kabul is not the complete picture. There are two things which the American mainstream um, has failed to show. First, they fail to show or talk about the beheading, the nighttime shooting and hanging of those Afghans who work, you know, alongside the American forces are now witnessing um, um, attacks and um, oftentimes, you know, their families are uh, targeted. 
men are killed, women are raped by the Taliban. If they feel merciful, they usually dump the bodies outside the family's house or in the village. So it could be buried, but there are times when the bodies are dumped in the river. Now, um, when Legend was in Afghanistan rescuing um, the Americans, he saw a Talib drown a man. Um, who owned a shop uh, inside, I believe he said, uh, an American military base. And um, he had been um, observed entering and leaving the base thousands of times. He was accused of espionage. Now, the second thing that the mainstream has utterly failed to cover is the Afghan people resisting against the Taliban. See, these brave Afghans are continuing the global war against terrorism. And most of our Western journalists are silent on the matter. Uh, take, for example, um, of, uh, CNN's Kushyan Amanpour. So she took a trip to Kabul and interviewed Sirajuddin Haqqani, a man responsive uh, 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 for thousands of cowardly attacks against the Afghans and Americans that left thousands of innocent people dead. Haqqani is FBI's most wanted terrorist with a bounty on his head. Now, during that live CNN interview, which was shown to millions of Americans, Christian Amanpour apologized, Annette, she apologized to Haqqani because he was called a terrorist. Now, our Journalists never go to the elected leader of Afghanistan for a live interview. They never went to meet with Commander Ahmed Massoud or President Amrullah Saleh or the Afghan military officers fighting terrorists right now. Instead, we gave our platforms and airtime to terrorists who assure Americans that all is well and they have nothing to worry about. I have no words. <laughs> How, what is the response from the Afghans, from, from the people there? What, what are they, you say that they were given, they were just able to have freedom of speech just mm -hmm. last year. So what are they voicing? What are they saying? Yeah, well, when I went to Afghanistan with uh, Legends Health not too long ago, I spoke with Afghans from all walks of life, and it seemed most of them were still in shock. Uh, they simply can't understand why the August 15th to August 31st happened and the withdrawal happened. So for the most part, the Afghan people feel betrayed, lied to, and abandoned. They rightfully question this. How dare the leader of the free world, President Joe Biden, uh, the leader of freedom-loving people, ordered this disastrous withdrawal and retreat, uh, leaving the Afghans to face the Taliban, who um, were given billions of dollars worth of our weapons. How dare the world betray them? How, and how dare they continue to remain silent on the Taliban atrocities? They, they, they also wonder why this U.S. administration holds secret talks with their oppressors, the Taliban, and why, Annette, why President Biden is sending $32 million every week to the Taliban 
I mean, isn't that a, 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 a valid question? They ask why the State Department refuses to acknowledge the Afghan resistance against the Taliban, Haqqani, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS. Not only that, but this State Department discourages resistance against the terrorists who murdered 3,000 American soldiers in the past 20 years and another 3,000 Americans on 9-11 on hundreds of thousands of Afghans. They absolutely feel betrayed. That's, that is so sad. And what has been the response from, from over here? What are they saying? What, I'm sure, do they have any kind of response about this? Any comments? No. Nothing. Not from the administration and not the State Department. But everyone else, the the world, America, they understand. They 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 see it. Yeah. So now the Taliban assured that the world would be different this time. Have have you seen anything? I guess that's <laughs> I know, I know why you're laughing, and I'm laughing with you on this. You know, here's the thing. That, that that is one thing that the Taliban didn't lie about. They assured the world that they have changed, and they have. But the change is that they have gotten worse. They have taken away basic human rights from the Afghan population. They have also taken away Islamic rights given to women, the rights to vote, work, uh, the right to educate, marriage of choice, and, and, and divorce and more. I mean, nowadays they're, they're, they're forcing young women to marry um, uh, their, their Taliban buddies. The Taliban have been pro, uh, they, they, they are banning or prohibiting women from wearing colorful scarves. I can't wear color. You're not allowed to wear color. You, you can only wear black. And the Taliban assured the world that, uh, you know, they would change. Now, in 1992, if they saw a woman alone, in, I mean, the, they would see a woman alone inside a taxi and they would ban that. They would beat her bloody. And they're doing the same thing today. So only a fool would trust a, tel- uh, a terrorist. And then Taliban are terrorists. Only a fool would trust the Taliban who say they have changed for the good. Do you expect to see any kind of change in the next decade or so, or do you think it's just going to continue to be this way? Well, I really believe that it's not going to change unless um, the, the administration intervenes. And my fear is that uh, we may have to deploy our men and women again back to Afghanistan. You think so? Yeah, I, there's it, it, and 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 I believe because at the same time I've seen um, one of our uh, phenomenal senator um, Senator Graham, and he was he's been predicting the same that it'll come to a point where we will have to take that action if we don't control it today. 
so basically we should have just never left. It wasn't right. It wasn't time. Correct. And even if we did, there would have been, there, this should have been handled properly. Right. Could have been done a lot, a lot better, a lot different. Not to, not to affect an entire nation with over 36 million uh, people as their population. Right. It's devastating. Oh my gosh. So let's talk about how some Americans comparing Afghanistan to Ukraine, saying that the Afghan people aren't willing to fight. What is your thoughts on that? I've done a few videos <laughs> about this because I was honestly sick and tired of hearing that. Uh, all saying that, you know, Afghans can can fight for themselves and look what Ukraine is doing. Let me let me put it clearly. And I had I had a talk about this with Legend. I said, Bill, I need to know your input about this. And he he says that we can compare Afghanistan to Ukraine because we can try and compare history, uh, but 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 we 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 can compare the history of these two countries. Now, hear me out. So the Russians invaded Afghanistan in the 70s. At that time, the Soviet Russians had the most powerful army. They killed Afghans and destroyed the whole nation and buried more landmines than uh, there were people. The Soviet Russian empire was huge. And so it included most of the uh, European countries, including uh, Ukraine. It was the Afghan people led by the warrior from the Arpanchir Valley, which is a province, um, who uh, defeated the uh, mighty Soviet army. We hope and pray for Ukrainians to succeed, you know, in their objective to seek freedom. But we have yet to see Ukraine defeat Russia. Now, Afghans already defeated the Russians. In fact, it was after the humiliating, de humiliating defeat of the Soviet Union in Afghanistan that, these, um, uh, that the Soviet Union collapsed and many Eastern European nations gained their independence. One of those countries was Ukraine. So Ukraine owes its independence in part to Afghanistan and to the brave Afghan resistance fighters who defeated this, the uh, Soviet Russia. And so it's now time Ukraine helps Afghanistan in their new resistance against the Taliban terrorists. That's my belief. Enough saying. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so let's talk about the humanitarian work that the Legend Group has underway. Right. This is this is where my passion is, and this is where I wouldn't stop talking, but I'm going to keep it very limited. Now, the Legend Group plan is to continue its humanitarian efforts in Afghanistan. We have provided and plan to continue providing free meals and medical support to our thousands of individuals. We plan to um, keep open and use our safe houses for those at risk, um, uh, high at-risk individuals and families. There are hundreds of orphaned children of former Afghan soldiers who died fighting against the terrorists. And those orphans and widows now beg for food. 
-hmm. we do our best to help them as much as humanly possible. We also focus on preventing underage girls from becoming terrorist brides. Um, the Taliban and their allies prey on these vulnerable, hungry families. Um, they provide them uh, some food and services in exchange for marrying their underage daughters. So we do take pride in saving those little boys um, whose parents uh, you know, were or are on a verge of selling them for food. Loving Afghan parents are forced to sell one of their children on the market in order to buy food to feed the rest of their children. Can you, can you imagine that? If, if, if they don't, all of their children will die of starvation. So we do our best to find and protect this, uh, you know, these children by supporting their families. And we plan to continue saving our Afghan allies and American citizens and LPRs still um, behind the enemy line. But the one thing, Annette, is that I cannot fathom and I still am struggling to understand how can you imagine yourself, bring yourself in their shoe and think about do I really have to sell my child in order to feed the rest of my children if I have to? I can't, I can't even imagine that at all. It's, it just breaks my heart to yeah. know, to even hear that, you know, those are the things that we don't hear on the news. We don't think about that stuff. Yeah. We don't know what we don't know, or we choose to block it out because it's so devastating. You know, it, it's I can't imagine that these are these are the facts, you know, that is not being uh, shown in the mainstream media. And it's going on today. But do you even see anything with the exception of what's going on in the Hollywood world or football? <laughs> we won't even talk about that football. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's just that we also we're also human. You know, right. and we need to we need to be kind to our fellow humans who are struggling. Right. What what do you have to say to our um, our politicians? What what message do you have for them? Yeah. Well, I have uh, legend and I, we have met with many uh, politicians uh, the last this past year. And, um, and, and I, have, I, I actually have two, two things to say. First, we need to unite and have hearings on the events of August 15 to August 31st and call a wrong decision a wrong decision. In this case, we're talking about a disastrous withdrawal and a retreat where you know, billions of dollars worth of our weapons were left uh, for global terrorists, right? Some of those have already been sold to Iran and Pakistan and China. After that hearing, we need to hold those who screwed up accountable. This isn't something um, you know, one should be able to get away with. And um, my second message is simple. We need to stand behind the NRF, which is the National Resistance Front of Afghanistan. It's either we support them now while they fight off terrorists or we will remain silent and a few months or years down the road, 
uh, like I mentioned er earlier when you asked me that question, that we are going to redeploy our sons and daughters back to Afghanistan uh, and that region to face their death with no allies to support us on the ground. Well, let's hope that they listen. <laughs> they hear you. Have this podcast, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's. If you're listening to this, let's do something. You know, do something about it, and and just admit fault. I, you you know, everybody needs to to. We're supposed to learn how to do that. Just admit that we're wrong, and how can we fix it? So we are learning. We're leaning on you guys the politicians, our leaders to do the same thing, you know, otherwise this is going to continue to spiral out of control. Like it has been for the past 15 years. Now, what, what is your message to Americans? What can we do? Well, I want to say that as an Afghan American, my message to my fellow Americans is that after nine 11, we would be making a huge mistake if we ignore the terrorists in Afghanistan. And I'll explain why. We know terrorist groups are now back in Afghanistan working with the Taliban. They're planning on attacking America again. We can solve this. We can help ourselves by helping the Afghan resistance who are fighting the terrorists right now. Let's call our representatives and senators and elected officials and ask them to ban the Taliban and support the Afghan People's National Resistance Front. Our um, leaders in Congress must help the veteran-operated NGOs, such as um, the Legend Group, um, as we provide humanitarian aid to the most needy and our allies in Afghanistan. There are 22 million Afghans right now facing acute hunger. Our allies and um, our partners are in safe houses and there are costs associated with operating these safe houses. So we need our government to um, fund the Legend Group and other veteran operated NGOs such as those in the um, um, uh, Moral Compass Federation so we could continue helping our allies. So how can we help your movement? What what can we do besides, you know, what you what you just mentioned? Well, um, we need more volunteers, okay. uh, pro bono lawyers, media experts, uh, fundraising experts, uh, advisors, and small donors, and some very wealthy donors in it. <laughs> <laughs> Those always help. <laughs> and and you can help us and please and um, visit us at uh, legend.ngo and uh, look at some of our work. Uh, please watch some of my videos, some of my success videos, uh, some of the videos that um, that that shows um, uh, how uh, some of these families that arrived here safely in the United States, they're expressing their gratitude. They're expressing their excitement that now they get to reset. It's, it's a reset that they're looking forward to so they can start a new life here um, uh, in, in the United States. So I'm hoping, praying and trusting um, that we would receive that type of a support from our fellow Americans.
I hope so too. I am going to be sharing this out so we can go to legend.ngo to get more information on how to do all of that. That's correct. Okay. Absolutely. So for those of you who are watching, listening, or if you want to share this and you want to do something to make a difference in the world, this is where you need to go. There's obviously things that we don't know about that we just spoke about for the last 40 minutes. Uh, that's not broadcasted on social media. There's all these little things that are actually really big things that we don't know about. And if you can, if you can support, then this is where it's needed right now. And I, you know, it just, it does, it breaks my heart because uh, I didn't realize all of that. You know, I was in Afghanistan. I ha I got to see and interact with the locals, but God never in my wildest dreams knew all these little details of how affected these families were and the women and the children and it's just unfathomable I, I can't I can't imagine so I appreciate you gosh it's such an honor to to meet someone like you and and to hear about the work that you're doing you are a blessing this is your mission and I'm so glad that God put that into you this is exactly what was needed um let's see here Tiffany don't you say you are in charge if you aren't going to contribute to the don't say you are in charge if you aren't going to contribute. Okay. Yes, <laughs> Tiffany. I had to read that a couple of times. <laughs> yes. That's yes, true. that is true. Tiffany is a great supporter. I love her. Um, I, please share this out, Tiffany, if you get a chance so that we can get more volunteers and anybody profit. Um, um, large donations. Um, you know, small lawyers, small, any size <laughs> donations that's possible. Those safe houses are important. Oh my gosh. I, I hear safe houses in so many different capacities for several different mm -hmm. um, things that are going on in the world. And we don't realize what goes into those, you know, how yes, important they are. Absolutely. Yeah. It requires 24 hour security. And, um, and that's not, that's not easy to manage as well as ensuring that, that we're not, um, we're not um, uh, accidentally disclosing, uh, you know, those, the safe houses to the, to the wrong people. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that is so important more than we can even imagine. So thank you again, Jazz. It was such a pleasure meeting you. Um, thank you very much. And thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you just reach out to me and let me know anything else you need, but otherwise this is, we will start from here. Absolutely. Thank you very thank much. Bye-bye now. Bye.